Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Believe in Chargers. Born in Azari back here with Lorenzo Neal's special 4th of July edition. Low, we got 4th of July. The sun's out. The buns are out. What's in store for you on this American holiday? I'll tell you what. You know what? It's all about getting ready for the getting ready for the heat. Training camps around the corner. You know, I got to throw my my son hat. This is how we did it back in the day, <laughs> Warner. You know, you got the hat. It's ready to go. Grilling right before camp. You're a couple weeks before camp. Remember back in the day, you know, after that 16-year career, it's like, okay, what am I going to do on the 4th? Got to have the hat because understanding where you're getting ready to go, and that's camp. This is one of those last days, you know, that you're like, okay, I'm going to go hard in the paint. Maybe, you know, a little Mai Tai, a little tequila, get it flowing the 4th of July. That's dangerous, low. dangerous, exactly. low. Got a little dangerous, a little crazy, 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 you know, because you get ready to shut it down because you know you got camp, and you know camp. It ain't no joke, brother. So uh, right now, I'm just chilling, you know, weekend, 4th of July. Happy 4th to everyone. And uh, really, really excited about the fourth, but also excited, you know, because it's football is air is here and you can smell it in the air. Yeah, it's a good point. Happy Fourth of July to everybody watching. Hope you hit the like button and join our show at Believe in Network. Here's the situation. July 4th is a great holiday, but it also kind of marks the clocks turning a little bit and it's really starting to breathe football season. You know, basketball season just ended. Hockey season just ended. We're in the midst of baseball season, but now the king is back. Football's around the corner. It's crazy. You have the Super Bowl in February. Next thing you know, you blink of an eye, you're in July, and here we go. We got training camp. We got the Chargers reporting on the 25th, I believe, the end of camp. So it's going to happen, and it's going to happen fast. So many storylines, Lorenzo. I think before we get into it, we're going to have so much time this season to talk about this current team, the state of the team. I think it's important that we give our viewers a general outlook of, you know, what actually is training camp besides people going to watch practices the burdens of it on a physicality standpoint of a player from a mentality standpoint so here's the situation when you played you know 15 20 years ago i want you to kind of educate our viewers and see you know what was training camp like back then and are there any parallels but are there any contrast to how you kind of perceive training camp to be today yeah it, this is absolutely crazy Borna. when you're sitting there and you're saying hello as you played you know 10 15 years ago and you're like Wow, 2010 was last, you know, 2009, 2010 got injured. It's been the last year. So, like you said, like 12, 13 years, you're like, where the hell did the time go? Crazy. And, you know, and I played for 16 years. So, a couple, three more years, four more years, it'd be like, I've been out the length that I played. And it seemed like it went, like you said, in the blink of an eye. I think when you look at training camp, what was training camp like when I was there? It was those times where you're going into camp, you got your sea bags. We used to say, hey, mama, mama, can't you see what the football has done to me? It took away <laughs> my pretty girl and put me in this football world. <laughs> that, you know, and so those, those stripes, it gives me class. And if it don't, you know, they're going to kick my you know what? Because camp is the place where you kind of go to get away. Mm -hmm. This is what it was about 15, 20 years ago. And still now today, I think that's what they're trying to encompass, even though it's changed. But when I was there, Borna, you go and check into camp. You bring your bag, you know, because you're staying at either a hotel. Uh, when I was with the Saints, we stayed in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And we went to that was a university in La Crosse. You and, I, and so we had dorms. We stayed in the dorms. And I'm telling you, you check in, you get your physical. You go see Dr. Charlie Brown. I mean, this guy had fingers the size of a Sha Shaquille O'Neal, and he had size 15 feet. And you was like, 
And after you did your physical back in the day, and I still do it now, you got to make sure players are okay. You do the physical. And there's that one where you just like, all right, the end part of it was like, turn around, cough, okay, bend over. And those, you've seen his fingers like, oh, God. And then afterwards, he's like, hey, give you your tissue, give you your hat, give you your hat and your t shirt. Welcome to training camp. And everyone's <laughs> here. Slapped. we go. Like, did you see Dr. Brown? Like, yes, yeah. we did. So it's crazy that that's the memories that I had. And then once you got, after you got the physical, it's about getting padded up, going in, breaking down in your groups, and you go. I'm talking two, three times a day. Jim Mora was my head coach when I was in New Orleans. And so when we go to training camp, you know, we practice in the cheese belt, you know, Mankato, and we had, you know, we would scrimmage against all these different teams, but you were there for those six weeks and you knew what you was expected. And you go get up in the morning, you freaking had breakfast at like six to seven, go into classrooms for 30, 40 minutes, get taped up and you're on the field at nine o'clock, practice from nine to, you know, nine to 1130, you know, boom, get done, you know, get done at 12 to two. At practice, at practice from two o'clock to four o'clock and, you know, and back in, you know, back in meetings at seven from, you know, six o'clock special teams meeting and you had meetings till 10 that night. So that was one of the days that you had. And so it was always just different, sometimes three times of practice, three times a day, sometimes twice a day. So training camp when I played was a lot more physical Mm -hmm. and a lot more brutal on the body. Speaking of training camp, everybody, you still have time to lock in your NFL early season NFL futures bets. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. I know the Chargers checking in around six or seventh in Super Bowl odds. You may want to get some value right there. You got Jay Herbo on the streets, going to make you be happy. You put your money where your mouth was. So head over to the website. You can also use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus bet online where the game starts. So here's the situation. Zoe kind of describing training camp. You know, Lorenzo, you know, when you were getting started in your career, you had to establish yourself a little bit. But kind of when you, you know, you became Lorenzo Neal, you know, you weren't going into training camp worried about your job security. However, there were always players who were always getting into camps fighting for their lives, trying to get that 53-man roster. So talk to me, you know, was there a difference uh, of, of, you know, obviously motivations were a little bit different, but was there a difference in drive and energy of those guys who were on, you know, the fringe, the bubble versus the established veterans who are like, you know, we're we're, going to be good. But how do you make sure that you're not also lazy in your approach, knowing that your job is secure? I I really want uh, to help our viewers understand that as we can kind of imagine, you know, the Chargers going into camp, some of these fringe guys on the bubble. Sure. Great question. I mean, because when you go into camp, even if you're drafted, you look at the guys with the Chargers that got drafted later round, maybe the sixth round and some free agents. They know that it's possible that they can get cut. It's possible. But, you know, too, do you say, okay, it's it's maybe I'm not going to get cut. But what is my value? What is my self-worth? And that's what I kind of went into camp, Barna. When you're talking about what it was it like being a guy that you knew you were probably going to make the team. But you've seen guys that came in there that was maybe drafted first round or second round that look, played like, you know, built like Tarzan, but played like Jane. Yeah. And you have that. You see it still now today. A lot of guys, they, you know, they get drafted high and you look at you say, man, what's going on with that guy? And they just don't have it. Real quick, low. 
real quick, Lo, did you know immediately if there was a high draft pick? And would you know within day one or two of camp this this guy he just don't have it? Would you know? Is it that quick? It's crazy that you say that because it was like put on pads and here we go. So it wasn't like a lot of time that you had to to see. So you knew with Jim Moore and with us, you got to realize we had nine on seven. So nine on seven, you know, that's like goal line. That's nine on seven. And you're you're lining up and you're freaking going hard. You're lining up and you're at fullback or this linebacker position, whether it's corners, DBs, whatever it is. And you do team. And it was full. It was full tilt. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they said, okay, don't tackle to the ground, but you're going to thud. And you could see guys go in there and turn it down. You could see a guy, maybe a corner, that if he got beat off the line and you see just the receivers running by him and you're like, wow, here's a free agent receiver running by a guy who got drafted in the first or second round. Insanity. All that. And it was insane. You're like, okay, this guy, this guy just doesn't have it. Now, you saw they'll say the right words and say the things and the media has to push them up there. And sometimes they'd even get some plays. But you could see early that if he was just a guy and here's the deal, you got to realize if you're just a guy and you're drafted early first two, first three rounds, the team is going to give you some opportunities. You're, you're, they have you're to gonna get, they, have they have to because the scouting department looks bad. The coach that's who looks bad is the scouting. So you have to give that person some opportunities, enough rope for them to hang themselves. So yes, it, it, you do get to see it early. But you then you've seen the flip side of guys start developing into not great players, but at least good players. Exactly. You know, at least if you're seeing somebody in a guy that you made a high investment on that, you know, doesn't quite have that it factor, you would still hope that the ancillary support group of that organization can at least form them into everyday NFL players or at least be serviceable and last right. a few years in the league. That's kind of the the you know what you're trying to get at least from that point but you know training camp is going to be very exciting it's going to be hot it's going to be physical we know about that we know about the toll on the body but talk to me about you know it upstairs right here i think yeah. you know the last five to seven years we've seen the, the mental health really became a, a a big topic of discussion not just in sport but in society and you know sure. i'm I'm somebody who's very into it. I think it's very important for your day-to-day activity, your relationships, your career, professional, personal. Talk to me how, you know, the mentality of training camp, it takes a toll. I mean, you're, you're, you're physical six to eight hours a day for over a month. Talk to me what it's like from a mental standpoint, getting out of bed every single <laughs> morning and going and hearing those horns and yes. doing that on rinse and repeat, not just for a decade, but sometimes too. Absolutely, boy. You're absolutely right. I, I tell you, the one thing about it, the saving grace is like you said, we earlier before we make that to or answer that question, we're just talking about what's it like? How do you know if a guy doesn't have it? But the good thing about the Chargers is right now, you know that you have a team with a lot of veterans. Yeah. Veterans on this team, and that's why they odds you can go better line. They're a seven to one favor, you know, you know, odds are seven to one, whatever it may be. When you think about why, the reason why is they have a quarterback. Reason why is they went out and got, you know, a guy named Cleo Mack. You went out and got cornerbacks. So when you look at this team, if you happen to miss or a guy maybe, maybe he's not as strong. Sometimes running backs are not as physical. They're not as strong. Sometimes offensive linemen still have to, they're 21, 22 years old. They're still getting maturity, still getting stronger. So you have a team right now that you maybe not necessarily have to plug and play. You don't have to say, this guy has to play because we we gotta have that person because we're weak there. I think the Chargers have enough in the wheelhouse to be able to bring these young rookies on and develop these guys 
in special teams via other ways because of the fact the team looks pretty good. But now making that transition when you're talking about the mental attitude. Without a doubt, the mental of this training camp is still tough, even though it's even though you got to realize I've been used to going sometimes three times a day, full pads twice a day, going full pads. And I know they can't do that anymore. When I was leaving and you could only go 15 days, I think, with certain amount of practice you could have in full pads. So it was starting to when I, you know, 2010, it was starting to make that change in those transitions. So I get that. But the big part of it still, though, you don't think guys are still tired? Even though I, because I can tell you, Marcus Allen and different guys and Franco and guys that I talked to, like, man, you got it good. <laughs> they were telling me that I had it good. I have no, and I'm like, wow, and I thought it was tough. So I think even today's player feels that training camp is up because that's what they know. Interesting. So training, and it's still long hours. Interesting. So that's what they know. You also bring up a good point, reverting back to the Chargers specifically. When we had Sean Merriman on the show, when we had Kasim Osgood on the show, make sure you guys go check out our other episodes on the Believe in Chargers networks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and here on the YouTube channel. They always brought up you, Lowe. They always said, you know, Lowe took me under his wing, and that veteran presence was very important. Um, you know, sometimes you can be a rookie, and all you really have is your other rookies. Right. Because right. it's kind of like, you you know, I, I've never been in an NFL locker room, but I can kind of compare that to, you know, social circles or, or you you go to a college and you're hanging out with all the people and there's older kids. But you're only going to want to hang out with the freshmen because those are the people that you have association with. It's the same parallel rookies with rookies. So it takes that first veteran. Right. It takes that first guy to reach out your arms and say, hey, sure. what's up? Let's have right. a chat. Let's connect. And then that assimilation process entails. And Lo, you bring up a you know a fantastic point saying the more veterans you have, the more opportunity there is for that connection to coexist and the more camaraderie is able to form with the team. And I was talking about this the other day with the buddy Lo. I have never, ever, ever seen a championship team in the history of sport that lacked chemistry. I've oh, never no. seen it. No, talent. Right. I don't I don't care if the personnel was through the roof. If there was no or a little bit of camaraderie in that locker room, a team wouldn't be successful. So, so hammer that point one more time to our viewers why it's important for veterans to be able to contribute to team camaraderie. So maybe give two to three factors instead of veterans too. Like what are some of the teams that you've had? Like the 06 team, some of the really good Charger teams. Sure. I'm sure those have fantastic camaraderie in the locker rooms. Oh, without a doubt. And you can look at the NBA. Let's talk about just teams that are athletic. Let's look no further than, you know, uh, you know, not Boston, but think about how athletic Boston was. They played against a warrior team that had more chemistry, played against a warrior team, maybe wasn't as big and maybe not as physical, but they had the, the, the system that they believed in. Look at KD and frigging Kyrie. Look at those guys. But because the chemistry doesn't go so you can relate that like you just alluded to, Borna. Any sport, if you don't have some guys collectively that are together, you're going to look for a team not to be successful. And we had that 2006 and five team. You had the great Ladanian Tomlinson. You had freaking even the year before you had Drew Brees. So you had those type of leaders, Jamal, different guys. Keenan brought in Keenan McCardell, you know, brought in certain guys that were leaders that we said, hey, let me show you how to do it. Certain guys were like, hey, I mean, Errol T, you know, coming and being in the league, and I came there as second or third year. And he's like, what did you do? How did you last this long? I said, maybe on Tuesday, because we were in the weight room. I was watching extra film, going and running extra, you know, making sure you get massages two or three times a week, you know, doing those extra things, getting with the Kasim Osgood and Sean and like, man, how'd you do? Hey, I'm I'm getting, I'm going to be there. I know we have to be taped yeah. and on the field by eight, but I'm going to be there at six. 
because I want to get a lift in before practice even starts. Love that. So that's what veterans that. do to keep guys going and heading in the right direction for success and longevity. And, and looking at this Charger team, I mean, you got those pillars. I mean, you have Keenan Allen, who's entering almost, I think, year 10 with the franchise. It's been absolutely unbelievable. The product out of Cal was drafted at 20 years old, and he's been nothing but a pillar for what this organization's been all about over the last decade or so. We always talk about Justin Herbert, but people, there's a reason Chase Daniel, a backup quarterback, has been in this league for well over a decade and has almost made $50 million in his career, and he's probably had four to ten snaps on the field. And it's because there is a reason that organizations value someone like him. I mean, he's in the locker room. Justin Herbert loves him for a reason. He's backed up so many young quarterbacks who've risen into great heights. So you look at somebody like a Chase Daniel as well, may not give you what you maybe want from an amazing backup on the field, but the Chargers evidently find great value from him. You look at Derwin James, the queen chess piece, plays right. high, plays low, you know, is still younger, but he also is defined what this organization's all about. You have these pieces. When you have a JT Woods that the Chargers are drafting out of Baylor in the third round, who's a speedy safety, you know who he's meeting in the first day? He's meeting Derwin James. Right. You know, those are the things. Those are the things that you want to have in an organization. So that brings up your fantastic point, just about veterans. You know, Joseph Day on the line and whatever it may be. It's important that this team has this veteran presence, this veteran leadership. Even like Derwin taking Asante Samuel Jr. under his wing, to have that is is just it's invaluable. Um, going into camp, and now when those rookies. Right when those rookies of last year had those veterans going into camp, now the rookies of this year, the second year players, can kind of also give those rookies a little bit of advice of what to expect for as well. So it's kind of just like a top to bottom. It Everything is. kind of bleeds down to one another, and you would hope that that can all connect into something pretty special. That's kind of right. the goal here, right? No, without a doubt. And you you talked about this like quarterbacks. You talking about hey, here's what the Chargers have: a guy who made fifty million dollars. Think about I was with the Chargers. And for the first couple of years, think about who was a backup, a guy who was with me in Tennessee, backed up Steve McNair, came and played well when he had to, but also played really well in, in San Diego at the time. Billy Bullock. Yeah. Remember, Billy Bullock was a guy who was a veteran player. A playoff game in Indianapolis. Love yes. It. Won that game. And, you know, in pro some people, believe it or not, some of us players believe that, hey, no, no, no disrespect to Philip Rivers, but he was playing with the dislocated ACL and all torn Nini could have braced. Some of us wanted Billy to just finish out the playoffs because really? he was mobile and he was that good of a quarterback. But he was a backup quarterback, like you said, making millions of dollars. And then after Billy leaves, who was the guy? I forget. Now help me out. Charlie White. Charlie White. Charlie White. There you go. My guy. You're yeah. the best. Charlie, yeah. think about his career. He played 10, 12 years as a backup. Made moves. He, started, he started a playoff game for the Seahawks, I believe. Yes, yes. Because of the fact you have a backup that not maybe they can't play the game, but they have the leadership skills and they're great teachers. Look at North Turner. Wasn't necessarily a great NFL player. Look at a lot of these coaches now that are coaching in the NFL. Doesn't mean that they were great players, but they were students of the game. You get a guy like Dion and certain guys, you look at these great players, don't necessarily say that they're going to be a great coach because sometimes their athletic ability, they're not great coaches because they believe that these players can just do it. And it's hard to do that. But there's one player that I thought was a great player and, you know, switching gears. But I think that he's going to make a great head coach. And he was a great player because I played with him, Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for Detroit Lions, he played game, but he was also a student of the game. A lot of these guys, no disrespect to a lot of these guys, they were Great players, but not great coaches. 
You take a look at Chase Daniel. I want to go back to him, for example, too, when you talk about the Charlie Whiters of the world. What you're looking for in like a backup quarterback, you're never going to have a backup quarterback who's 6'6 with a massive arm. These guys are more so like students of the game. Like you yes. can 100 you can 100% argue right now that Chase Daniel knows a lot more about the game X's and O's than Justin Herbert still. Yes. But he can't make half the throws Justin Herbert can. The whole point and the whole goal of Chase Daniel's value is to help, you know, enlarge Herbert's mind and get that full understanding of the game. So once he's able to get to that, you know, point, he can make every single throw in his sleep that Chase Daniel would dream of making. And once you're able to have that IQ paired up with Herbert's talent, it's going to be G-A-M-E-O-V-E-R, game over for the National Football League. But that's the benefit of having those backups to, 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 to really be there and be that fold for the Chargers. So people may ask, why is he on this roster? I'm telling y'all, these are things that we don't see on the field. These are things Absolutely. that we don't see on game day. These are things that Lowe was able to see in an NFL locker room, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and also to make to your point, Borna, it's not that necessarily these guys, we know that they can go in and, and, and go manage a game or go for a week and go even win a game. But they're not they're They're a short term fix and they're not long term. But you have those guys because they're long term as far as like you're saying, the mental capacity and what they can mentally for these young guys. And here's the thing, the young guys like you just alluded to. They don't look over their shoulder saying this yeah, guy is coming exactly. to take my place. They know those guys are there for their teaching and helping them understand football because players are going to players are going to relate more to players than coaches. So now you have a guy that can go into a meeting with a young quarterback and say, look, tell me what you're seeing. And he knows the quarterback knows that he's not being condescending. He knows that this guy, Chase Daniels, is not being challenging, but he understands, hey, this guy is helping me get a whole view and how it's going to help me. And I'm telling you, it's a better way for players to learn when you have smart quarterbacks teaching athletic and smart quarterbacks, the younger than them, that are, that are the predecessors in any organization. 100%. I want to transition a little bit to the to the coaches aspect uh, of training camp, Lorenzo, just yeah. because I'm, I know you played for a lot of different coaches in your tenure in the National Football League. Some may be more loud voice, others may be more cool, calm, and collected. We take a look at Brandon Staley in year one. Brandon Staley had that moxie. He had that swag. Um, you know, there was no doubt that he was confident. You know, we saw the Chargers have a fantastic social media team. They post a lot of those YouTube videos of Brandon Staley mic'd up, talking to his players in training camp. What was it like as a player? You know, maybe you're with a coach in that coach's first year. Are you able to kind of get in and understand, like, you know, what allows, how do you gain respect? How do you start respecting your coach? What does Brandon Staley need to do? And I'm sure he's gained the respect for a ton of that locker room since it's already been a year. But what do you see in training camp where you're like, you know what? I, I'm i going to go to war for this guy. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You're like, they're like, what is the coaches getting at us? One, they're learning their players. And you're going to, you're, you're, you're in the dorms with them, or you're at the hotel, maybe staying at the hotel. You're seeing them eight hours a day and you get to see who they are as not just players, but as men. And that's what it, I had a guy, Jim Moore, Jim Moore was more in guys face and he could see guys crumble and in guys that crumbled. I could see him just back off of that guy because he knew that, Hey, he's going to need that guy later on. And that was just his approach. Tony D, I had TD, Tony Dungeon. His approach was like, hey, man, you're going to get this. Hey, if you can't do it, I'm going. But you never felt threatened with Tony Dungy because he wasn't like a Jim Moore that's going to cuss you and be all over you. 
And, it, it, and you see the different dynamics because certain guys, it requires certain different things. So from a coaching aspect, it helps the coach say, how do I know my players? What button do I need to push for Lorenzo? What button do I need to push for, you know, Khalil Mack? How am I going to do for Nikki Bosa, George, you know, Joey Bosa? What are the different what are the different elements that these, the, the, you know, Coach Staley is going to have to do? So I think training camp is huge for coaches. Because not only does it get them to understand who the players they are and how to push, it also gets to see what kind of mental capacity that they have as from mm. a learning aspect. Because in training camp, you know that, Borna, they are throwing the playbook at guys, and it's like, here, you got to go learn this. And so they get to see what a guy can handle. So training camp, people are, oh, this is camp. It doesn't mean anything. How are guys mm. going to do it? It's just, no. These coaches, head coaches say, I want you to push that player. Give me his breaking point. Now they go out to practice and he learned 15 plays and he's doing, he's mm -hmm. getting it. He said, okay, I'm going to add 20. And then after he adds a 20, the guy now is unraveled. He's raveled. He doesn't know where to line up and he forgot what he used to know. Then the coach says, okay, I get it. I got their breaking point. So training camp is so imperative for these coaches and individual coaches to get to know the kind of guys and what their mental capacity, their physical capacity, what they can handle. Great point. It's a great, great point because I'm sure – I mean, we're all human beings. We're all different. We have yes. different sides to ourselves. And I'm sure every the coaches, Brandon Staley, really needs to know, you know, not just the 53, but whatever the 80-something that come to training camp, because that also goes into your decision-making process. You know, you, you judge not just by their play on the field, which is obviously a very important part of it, but you judge by someone's character. You know, sure. you don't want you don't want somebody as you know all talented in the world to be you know toxic in that locker room. You know, we there are one hundred percent locker room cancers um, in any sport and everywhere. It's just it is what it is. It's the nature of being a human being. I think another very important thing, low for for Brandon Staley is you know this is year two now. This is a team that is equipped to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I said it. This is a team that is equipped. I'm not saying they will, but they have the personnel, which is just one step of the there. So one step of the way there, excuse me. Now they need to have, you know, avoid injuries. They need to build chemistry. They need to have the requisite leadership. And a lot of that falls on the hands of Brandon Staley. A lot of times when you, you know, make the move and you make a risky move and hiring a young head coach, you know, the Chargers could have went a little bit of an older route, but they said, you know what? We got a young quarterback. We got kind of a, a younger mojo vibe to kind of how we want to lead this organization. We're going to go with Brandon Staley. So now that's done. You know, we had a year one of Brandon Staley. There was a lot of ups. There was a lot of downs. This is the year where we, Chargers fans, the organization, the front office, they need to see Brandon Staley take a big step in the right direction. And that doesn't just result in wins and losses. That results in his coaching approach. That results in his demeanor. That results in his decision-making. And these are all things that we're going to see probably very very soon so it's going to be very interesting to find out kind of where this team is headed in the right direction now talking about this from a from a general league standpoint how much of training camp low is publicized you know you have all these joint practices you have all these fights that you see a lot how much of that is for the cameras for the revenue for the clicks of the nfl versus like Let's just have like a one to two week training camp, get these guys practicing, play two preseason games and get into it. How much of this is dragged out out of curiosity just for like, let's have the cameras and let's make some more money? I would say 90 percent, bro, because really, here's, really, here's why it's gotten so high now is because, you know, you're not going to cut your first second, your top three round guys, top four rounds. You're not going to cut them because you have to you have gave those guys a signing bonus. So it's hard lesson. They just 
less than they just can't walk. You're not going to cut those guys. So they're, they're, those guys are safe. You have a couple, about five or six veteran guys that are fringe guys that you're saying, okay, which veteran am I going to keep? That one maybe play better special teams, maybe play better on offense or defense. So how am I going to make that transition? Who am I going to let go there? Because you pretty much have the mindset. And then some of the free agents, you just want to see those guys. A lot of them are just camp bodies just to get guys through camp because you don't want to be injured. So I think the football dynamics have changed when I played because you did the West Walkers and those guys had a chance. Now you got to really do something and show out when you get in the game and do certain things because of the fact it's hard because there's a certain amount of tape. There's a certain amount of chairs at the table. So I think 80 to 90 percent of it is already a foregone conclusion. You know right now who's going to be the starting offense, starting defense, and you know pretty much who's going to be the backups. It's going to come down. So, like, go, go ahead. ahead. You, I was going to say. I, I was just going to say. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just curious as we're wrapping up here. Who's the most like physical player in training camp that you're like everyone's just in training camp? They're doing their thing, and this guy is just going in insane, full full mode attack. I don't care. This is training camp. This is Monday Night Football Minds. Who's the most physical player in training camp that you were like, holy shit, take a little bit off right here? Yeah, without a doubt, man. When I was in New Orleans, it was a Dome Patrol. Ricky Jackson, Von Johnson. I mean, those guys, Sam Mills, they meet Mean Gene Atkins. These guys would absolutely smack you around, and they were so physical. I remember a latter part. I remember playing, you know, and, and going over, you know, different places. It was tough. Bill Parcells with the Jets, that was tough. You know, Derek Brooks was tough in Tampa Bay. But those guys, that, that Dome Patrol was just different. I remember the latter part of my career, though, at the Chargers, shh, lights out. Sean Merriman, that dude was oh, yeah. always physical. Chris Dillman was always going okay, cool. Nice. Just a mean guy. People didn't want to see Dillman, Coop, and those cats. So I've had a lot of guys, young guys and older guys, that understood the importance of playing at a very, very high level. But you're right. It's on display. Coach, when you look at when you look at Brandon Staley and you say, okay, hey, coach, as a coach, you're saying, okay, 50% of the uh, Chargers fans say they should have been in the playoffs. 50% of say, you know what, maybe they shouldn't have. But they're so it's mixed. So he's going to have to right some of the wrong, some of the decisions people were happy with. Some of them they weren't. But this team has to. I know we're talking training camp. They have to make the playoffs and you have oh, to get in the playoffs without no. a doubt. It's too much talent on this team that not to get in the playoffs. And I can't wait to get there down to L.A. for we can you me and you could get to training camp and broadcast live from there. Yeah, we'd love to do that. It's going to be a great time. Everybody, you know, check out, check us out on the Believe in Networks, Believe in Chargers here on the Hogwatch YouTube channel as well. Hit the like button. It's going to be a very exciting time. And, you know, it's nice, Lo, it's nice to have expectations. I want to have those expectations. Expectations come with a lot of responsibility, but at least we know that right now with what constitutes success for this team may not be a Super Bowl, but it's black and white in the fact that they need, they need to make the postseason. It doesn't right. matter how it's scripted. It doesn't matter. Oh, they win 10 games and don't make the playoffs. doesn't matter. Um, you know, this division, this division is going to be beating up on each other. I mean, I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the winner of the West was 11-6. and six. I would not be surprised. This division is going to beat up on one another. Oh, and by the way, this division has to go face the NFC West as well. It's going to be a physical season, more so than others, Lorenzo Neal. It's looking like, to me, that the team that stays healthiest likely could be the team dancing on top of the AFC West. As cliche as that sounds, especially no. with the physicality in this division. You're right. It's, you know what I'm saying? 
You're right. Tell me before we go. I know we got to wrap this up. I've got training camp we're going to talk about. But if you had to go one through five, give me an order. The, the, the AFC West, one through five, one through the, the teams, one through four. You know, it's barn injuries. It's, it, 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 it's extremely difficult. I'm going to work backwards. I still think Vegas. I still think Vegas is going to be at the bottom of the division. Um, I, I really just do think it's a quarterbacks-driven league. And Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, scary, scary. I still think that defense needs a lot of work. And Derek Carr is a really, really good quarterback. But he's not the best quarterback in the division. Now, I do think Denver is going to be third in that division. But then again, it's such a crapshoot because what kind of Russell Wilson are we going to see? That dude is literally Bitcoin. He has his highs. He has his lows. I have <laughs> like no idea it. what I'm going to see from Russ. He had the hand issue last year. But then Russell Wilson, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, Super Bowl champion. And then it really becomes the Chargers and the Chiefs. And I'm not saying this out of bias. I really do think the Chargers are going to win the division. But I really think it could be 50-50 with the Chiefs. And here's the only reason, low that I'm not trying to be biased and I really think the Chargers could win this division is this. We were the only team actually in the National Football League last year that had a person to match up with Travis Kelsey one for one, and that was Derwin James. He could play him high. He can play him low. He's physical enough to play him like a linebacker. He's fast enough to play him like a safety and corner. Our biggest issue was not having somebody who can match up with Tyree Kill. We didn't have the requisite speed to guard Cheetah when he's doing his huge vertical you know, streak routes, but he's out now. He's out now. And we only have to worry about Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scanling, which is a lot better than Tyreek Hill. We have the J.C. Jacksons. We have Asante Samuel Jr. improving. We have a better secondary. Michael Davis now is our number one corner last year. He's our number three corner this year. I think that was the biggest issue. Tyreek Hill was the one who killed us on Thursday Night Football. I have the Chargers finding a way to come out of the West. And what about you, yours truly? Yes, I'm starting at top, and I'm going to go to Chargers 1. Believe it or not, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the L.A. Vegas Raiders, whatever the Vegas Raiders. You're high on them. You're high on I, them. I, I am because here's the deal: you have a different head coach that comes from the parcel that comes from the parcel tree, which is led by Belichick because Belichick was under parcels, and now you have think about now you have a guy who just left Belichick into the Patriots, and now he's a head coach. Vegas, think about what what kills Vegas every year in crucial games. Penalty, self-inflicted wounds. Think about the new coach that you have there. That's not going to be allowed. They don't make mistakes in New they England. Exactly. And that's what killed the char- that's what killed Vegas. So I got the Chargers. I I, I got the Chargers. I, and then believe it or not, I got I got Denver at three. I got LA, I got Vegas at two, Denver at three. I got Kansas City coming up the rear. Wow. Here's the reason why. Wow. Kansas City, like you so... said, you don't you don't have the cheetah. Yeah. You don't have a team. When when she Mahomes was. was in trouble, he could run through zones. He could beat man to man coverage. You don't have that type of speed. So now I can now I can double. You can, now you couldn't now you couldn't you had to double the cheetah and that, and then bracket Kelsey. But now I can situation I can double Kelsey now and say dare someone else to beat me. And the more consistency. The, Chargers, the, the thing is, the Chargers don't even need to double Kelsey because they have Derwin James. And, and that's, that's what makes it. And that's why now you're in a situation that you can, the tight end, you got to realize the tight end is not usually the game changer, but he's the chain mover. When you think nice. about, when you look at these tight ends around the league, every great quarterback 
you look at success, they usually have a good tight end as well. Tight ends in this league, it's just as important as a receiver. So you have one in Kansas City, but now you have a guy that's good. I don't think the vertical is going to be as, as, as much. I don't think their defense, we already know their defense, who they are. So that's my prediction. I got the L.A. Chargers. I got Vegas. I got I Denver. It. And then I'm going with Kansas City in the last. I love it. Here's my last point, Chargers fans. We talk about how brutal the loss of Tyreek Hill was for the Kansas City Chiefs. Why, Chargers fans? Why is that the case? Why couldn't they pay him? Because they had to pay Patrick Mahomes. You know, we are about to have to pay Justin Herbert, which is why this next two years are yep. imperative Rookie for this deal. team to get something done. Because once this guy starts getting 50 a year, then you're not going to be able to get any more J.C. Jackson. You're not going to be able to pay the Derwin James. You're not going to be able to get those big-time receivers, which is why the Chiefs had to say goodbye to Tyree Kill after a fantastic four-year run with Mahomes as their starting quarterback. So remember, this is not just, eh, we can wait till Herbert's 28, 29 in the thick of his prime. No. I mean, this is a team where now you're starting to see an inflationary society. Quarterbacks are getting tons more money. You need to win it now, and you need to win it today. So for Lorenzo Neal, everybody, I'm born in Azari. Again, I hope everyone has a fantastic holiday weekend. We'll be checking in with y'all from training camp very, very shortly. Chargers fans, what a time to be alive. It should be an absolutely dandy of a season. It's going to be a great one, Low. We got the Raiders actually week one. It's going to be a fantastic one. And then an Amazon Prime special heading over to Arrowhead for week two. It should be an AFC West clash to start out the campaign. I can't wait to do those post games with you, man. It's going to be a, a hell of a ride, buddy. That it will be, brother. I can't, can't wait. Talk to you soon. Go Chargers. Let's go. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.